Hey listeners, how are you doing? This is Gina Versa, and uh, we're on, I'm uh, on uh, Serving Up Comics. Um, as always, I'm here with Nick Valero. Hey, how's it going, guys? But it's a special crossover episode, and he, with us today is actually two other people. First up is Diego, my other co-host. Yeah. Hello, welcome to a very special episode of the Waffle Press Movie Hangouts. I am your co-host today, Diego Crespo. And with us today is a very special guest, along with the other two hosts from Surfing Up Comics, Richard Newby, old friend, fantastic yeah. writer, fantastic podcaster. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome back. We have been discussing DC stuff for as long as we've known each other, basically. So yeah. naturally, we, we had to have you on to talk about the official release of Zack Snyder's Justice League. But before we get into that, what have you been up to, my friend? Because you, you've been busy. I have been busy. I, uh, I published a book last month. Um, it's titled We Make Monsters Here. Uh, it's an anthology collection of uh, short horror stories, um, a lot of them dealing with uh, modern uh, issues like race, misogyny, politics, uh, through the lens of horror. Uh, it's been a nine-year passion project. Um, so I, I'm really proud of it. Uh, the stories are, are collected pretty much in uh, chronological order. Um, the first one that I did, Monster Truck, I wrote in 2012. And then the most recent, Blackbone Pit, I just finished this January. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's very much uh, tied to a specific time in my life and uh, just kind of how I see contemporary America. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely uh, touches on a lot of issues. Um, goes back to my love of, of storytelling and horror and fairy tales, but also um, my interest in in politics and social issues. Um, and if you if you guys know me from from Twitter, uh, it's definitely <laughs> you can definitely see a lot of where my inspiration came from. It's very much uh, it's very much me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was um, I was uh, got a copy of it, and uh, yeah. I'm um still reading it right now and yeah no that's uh you know really sees your uh like your voice in those uh first couple of stories appreciate it yeah and then um yeah no we're, we were uh, me and diego were really excited to uh to have you on to talk about that in addition to the snyder cut so yeah no it's awesome to yeah see uh see the book published thank you yeah yeah uh and Besides that, not that we should brush over that, and of course, link down in the descriptions below to, to pick up your copy, uh, digital or physical, check out your, your local bookstores. And uh, what else have you been up to? What, what's been going on in, in the world of, of Richard? Uh, well, I've been writing a lot for uh, The Hollywood Reporter. Um, lots, of, lots of cool stuff happening, lots of stuff with WandaVision, uh, covering Falcon and Winter Soldier right now. Uh, just, just read a piece about that. Uh, over the weekend uh, about Sam Wilson in particular. Um, writing some uh, for Inverse a little bit, uh, that's new. And then uh, Fangoria. Nice. Uh, I'm in the January issue and I'm also in the upcoming April issue. Um, awesome. And uh, as a tease, I might be in another issue this year, so. <laughs> hey, oh, congratulations. Awesome. Yeah, Fangoria yeah. is the business. Yeah, Richard, is the April issue, is that the Godzilla versus Kong? It one? is, yeah. Oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna try to pick that one up really soon. She so. immediately knew what it was. Yeah, I love, I love <laughs> Sangoria. Yeah, I love all the horror movie stuff. Uh, Richard, did you um when you because it dropped on the same day? Did you watch this 
um because i know you got like a advanced screening for uh justice league but did you watch uh falcon winter soldier and uh, uh justice league on the same day it was like a... i did yeah oh okay that was yeah. a, that was an interesting double feature <laughs> like two yeah. like tones <laughs> yeah it's, it's a cool like interesting like tonal thing as well yeah um, it's definitely it's like so some cool. surprising some surprising too in terms of like the tonal shifts but yeah yeah it's it's totally like at the comic store when you would buy like the dc and marvel books together oh yeah <laughs> for sure yeah uh anyone want to give their thoughts on falcon and winter soldier before we get into this then because this is all going to be Zack snyder stuff get whatever else we want to talk about out of the way because uh yeah. we'll try not to have this go too long but i feel like yeah it might it's yeah. just gonna it probably at some will. point yeah um i i i really enjoyed uh falcon and the winter soldier um i enjoyed both uh justice league and uh and that um i want to see it again because i i enjoyed it but i was kind of like movied out after four hours you know i mean i did have like a, a break but i was like i think it was at midnight and i was like kind of crashing a little bit but I, I still liked it for like yeah just showing like the the lives of like falcon and winter soldier and like seeing like was talking about like a lot of uh, social issues and of course like the the last scene reveal was like awesome and then it led to a lot of memes so <laughs> you know it was really great yeah i i really dug it um bucky is one of my favorite uh comic characters in general um but i was just like really taken with sam's story mm-hmm. and especially just like how much it like centered on on race and his blackness. Um, and I know the, the showrunner Malcolm Spellman is black, so it has that authenticity. But I mean, you've got like Sam's sister working on like a, a shrimp boat and she's making like plates of food for like the community. And like, is that is those little touches that like really struck me. Um, it's just like such, I guess, you know, honest and, and familiar depictions of black people just living. Um, and, you know, I, I love the, the superhero stuff like it, it definitely reminded me some of, of Brubaker's run, um, getting to the espionage stuff and then some of the mm-hmm. run with the social stuff. But yeah, definitely the their personal lives is really what, what has hooked me so far. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because like, you know, you, like just like the scene with like Falcon, he's trying, like he's going to the bank and like, you know, the guy, the guy just like wants to take a selfie with him and like, you know, and then yeah. still denies him the loan. Like, yeah, that's like really good writing. I guess let's just pivot this into the Snyder Cut then. All right, quick, no right. spoiler thoughts then, uh, <laughs> okay. Richard, as the guest, if you'd like to go first. And I, you have you have written a lot about the DC stuff. Um, please speak on it, uh, no spoilers, and we'll just go around the panel. Gene will go after Nick after, and then I'll lead us into the full spoilers. Cool. Yeah, uh, like you said, I have, I've written about this extensively. Um, God, probably since before Man of Steel came out, uh, which is crazy. So, you know, my my expectations were very high. Um, as you guys probably know, I love both Man of Steel and BVS. Um, so I was very much looking forward to seeing Snyder's vision uh, completed. Um, you know, I, I followed the whole the whole production saga. Um, and yeah, I was I was really pleased with with how it came together. Um, I thought it was uh, quite epic. Um, I thought it was a, a, a celebration of DC Comics. You know, I think that 
I think BVS is, is very much a deconstruction of Batman and Superman and kind of the DC world. And I, I said on Twitter, I think that Justice League is a reconstruction. You know, it's these heroes at their at their best. Um, and, you know, I think that one of the things that, that Snyder's always talked about is how he intended for these stories to uh, move in a lighter tone and direction. Um, and I think that he delivers on that here. Um, that's probably one of the biggest surprises for me um, is that there's like a lot of, there's a lot of comedic touches to it. Um, and a lot of, a lot of lightness that I think that, you know, some people weren't expecting because I do think that, um, you know, Snyder has this rep reputation of uh, going dark and gritty, which I think is sometimes true. Um, but I also think that, I do think that he has fun with these characters um, as much as he's kind of interested in, in kind of exploring their their mythology and their place in, in our world and uh, looking at them a little bit through um, Frank Miller and, and Alan Moore eyes. Um, I do think that he, he has a deep love of these characters. So for me, I felt like Justice League was very much an expression of his love for these characters and um, of this world. Um, and I felt like that the four hour runtime, I mean, it's definitely, it's a long, uh, you know, it's a long film, but I personally, I love uh, self-indulgent filmmaking, you know? Uh, I mean, not that I want every film to be four hours, but I am very much drawn to directors who indulge themselves. Um, I'm a huge fan of Southland Tales. Uh, I feel like I'm <laughs> yeah, I, I just and, saw that recently. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I, I, I love when directors just like go all out and it's like, here's everything that I want to do with this concept. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was one of the things that I was really taken by uh, with this movie. You know, Snyder is just going all out, basically, you know, everything that he wanted to do uh, with this film. And I think that most of it works uh, really well. I was, I was really impressed with it. Um, I think it, it stands up uh, in terms of being one of the, one of the top uh, superhero uh, film experiences. It really does feel like a, a, a big grand celebration of DC Comics. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, well said. Uh, Gene, go ahead then. Yeah, um, so I guess just like, just going into it, uh, you know, I gotta remember just like being at Comic-Con and like, yeah, if you, if you guys see my background, resume like just seeing like all the I guess like fan marketing yeah um and you know I mean uh just seeing like it actually got like approved by HBO Max and like just seeing like the whole process like yeah I was just kind of like oh that's that's like crazy um but yeah just going into it um you know because I, I love Man of Steel um I'm not the, like the biggest fan of like BBS for other reasons and everything but you know just like going into this and like the original Justice League I don't what's the line that batman says to superman in the theatrical no no it's not that one it's like i don't not hate you or what is he oh saying? yeah <laughs> yeah that's, that's that's how i feel about the theatrical cut like i wasn't like oh this is like the worst thing ever i was just like i don't not hate it you know <laughs> so um just going into uh just going into like uh this um this uh this this film i was just like well, yeah, i want to go in like unbiased as possible like you know um I don't want to like hate watch anything like that's just like not the way to watch a film you know and I was just like I'm gonna give it like the benefit of the doubt and I went in you know um open-minded and I I actually really enjoyed it um it was like you know it had a lot of like improvements over like um and it, you know we me and Diego were talking about just like the trajectory of like how Superman is and 
how Batman is. I, I really appreciated. Um, it felt like watching like Return of the King, the extended editions. A little bit. Yeah, because <laughs> like I mean, the runtime it does feel like a little bit long, but it doesn't feel like it feels like like the pace is going, like you're building towards something. And um, yeah, I was I was like I was really like like satisfied watching it, like just all the little touches and like just seeing. Yeah, it just felt really epic. It felt like I don't know, like a like an event comic book like crisis on infinite earths or something and yeah I was, I was really like man like warner brothers media like canceled this to make that <laughs> you know like that that was the craziest thing and i'm like yeah this was actually really good so yeah i mean it feels like a little long in the tooth but like yeah i mean it was it was um it was a great it was a great film so i, w- I would say that for sure all right nick hop in yeah, so honestly, I was really surprised that I liked this movie. Uh, when going into it from seeing the theatrical cut, I actually just hated it completely. I thought that the theatrical cut was kind of a waste of time. It, it felt like a waste of two hours. Like, I remember checking my watch the entire time throughout the movie, everything else, which is really interesting because during this cut, I don't think I checked my watch once. It was a four. It was a four-hour epic where I was kind of entranced the entire time. There was no part where I was like, "Oh, well, that's kind of long," or "That could be taken out," or anything else. I really did feel like, "Oh, Zack Snyder had a point. He was really setting the stage for this." It made me really kind of appreciate BVS, not like it, just kind of appreciate it. But, and I can kind of see where he was going because Diego and Gene will tell you I. I'm the one that said I liked BVS's director's cut. <laughs> that made more sense. Yeah. It was better, um, but I, do, I I do understand where he was going. I feel like if you were gonna watch them, you kind of needed to watch them as like a trilogy, because it's it's Man of Steel. Then BVS starts where Man of Steel ends, and then Justice League ends where BVS ends. So it's like a nice yeah. little trilogy of a, of a movie, a nice little saga that you kind of need to watch together to kind of understand where he was going. And it's really interesting to kind of like now see where his trajectory was of going like, well, that makes sense. Okay, I see where he was going with it. All right, all right, I, I'll, I'll give him that. It worked out well. But yeah, I, I think that also in this version, it showed a lot of respect for the characters. Yeah. And a lot of respect for the side characters as well. I mean, even Mira gets a huge like, nod to volko gets a huge thing mm-hmm. uh i which on um silas stone you know you know cyborg's dad has a huge portion of this movie yeah. and it's it's so awesome <laughs> i love it i love the interaction between both of them just uh as father and son stories go and everything else and just the drama between you know that entire family and you know cyborg is very much kind of I wouldn't say the main character of this movie, but he's very on the top of it. He, he's really near like, oh yeah, this movie is about him. Yeah. And uh, I really did like the way that, you know, Zack Snyder really did respect the characters. Even Barry, you know, the Speed Force and everything like that. I mean, by far, this is the most beautiful rendition of the Speed Force I think I've ever yeah. seen. And it was, it was amazing. It was so cool. Yeah, it really was. Uh, I was just going to ask really quick, um, did anyone do an intermission? I did not. I didn't either. 
No, I didn't. I didn't. And I yeah. watched it twice. I've already watched it twice. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? The second time I, I did take little breaks, but that was just because I was doing other stuff, not because yeah. of uh, stuff. I, I, I had to take a break to get a drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, was, that was because yeah. at that point I've already watched about seven hours of just <laughs> and yeah. I was like I'm parched <laughs> well I guess I guess here's, here's my my take then I, I wasn't so much that I was super busy I was kind of hopping in and out of certain sequences that I did not think were very good however I think this is like I think this is the film that could possibly win over most Zack Snyder people. And according to the internet, it has <laughs> because a lot of people like this movie who did not like his other movies, which is like odd to me, but whatever it's complicated. <laughs> um, I, I think this, this is, this is pretty close to a great movie. Uh, I think it's a, it's a fantastic Zack Snyder movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, as someone who has kind of been like tapping out of more and more superhero stuff, like even stuff I love, like Legends of Tomorrow, I'm like, I'll get back to that eventually. And I haven't disliked any of that. Yeah. Um, this reminded me that like, oh yeah, superheroes are cool. They just need to not be like pumped out at every opportunity by two different corporations. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I Flaws and all, and I think there are some, I, I think I loved it. Like, I genuinely really like this movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is not, that's not how I felt after the, his last two. So I'm very happy to be team DC Zack Snyder now. Yeah. So I, I guess we, we can just kind of move into full spoiler stuff. There's, there's a lot of like history with like fan campaigning and stuff like that, but we all kind of like know if we're online and I'm pretty sure everyone that does listen to this podcast is also extremely online like us. So that <laughs> you just, you know, already. Yeah. Um, yeah. The stuff that didn't work for me, I gotta say, before I talk about stuff that I think is some of the best superhero stuff ever, like done. Yeah. Um, I I didn't really like Wonder Woman in this until like the second half. I I thought she gets a cool moment where she gets to go like all Tomb Raider, and I was like, oh, this is the shit right here. Right. And as the one person that did like both of her films, her standalone <laughs> films, I like both of them too. I, I like yeah. 84. Yeah, I like 84. 84 was okay. All right. Yeah, all right. I'll take it. I'll take it. I I was, I don't know. I thought her, her stuff was a little oddly paced in the beginning and I wasn't really vibing with it. And I liked her in BBS. So I was, that caught me off guard. I was like, oh no. And then the, the Themyscira disaster sequence was like the the action's like fun mm-hmm. but that was the first portion of the film where i was kind of like <laughs> oh no are we are we doing this? is this it and like eventually it ends and like there's good stuff in there but that is totally one of the parts of the film where i'd be like just zach i'm with you but just just condense it a little bit please please yeah, wait, it's was, it like, moving. was it like too long of a sequence you felt i think it's i think it's way too long Okay. And like the, the action's like consistently dynamic. It's like, okay, we got to stop them getting mother bucks. Okay, we got to bring down the thing. Okay, now they got to escape. Oh no, now they're going after them. Now they need to play keep away. Like all of that individually is good. Mm-hmm. I think you don't need anything besides the thing, the, the building crumbling and ah. Steppenwolf and the parademons getting the box. I, I think you get enough of like the, the Themyscira dynamic from right. that sequence without that. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, I actually kind of disagree. 
I really much disagree. Yeah. Whoa. I, I really did like that sequence though. I really liked the idea of it became a baton toss. This moment of we're able to get it away from Steppenwolf, but we all know Steppenwolf is a hundred times stronger than we are. Yeah. And at this point, there's nothing we can do to kind of survive at this point than just get it away from him. So we need to fight and get the mother box as far away from him as possible. And every single time somebody catch, he catches up to somebody, they either shoot an arrow or they toss it to somebody else and kind of trick him out of it. And I think it, it does kind of build tension in that moment, just because it is one of those things of maybe they will get the mother box away from them. I yeah. know they won't because I've seen the theatrical cut, but <laughs> it makes you it makes you kind of have that feeling of like you know they it might work out for the heroes. I, right. I totally agree with that sentiment, but the the sequence is also like ten minutes long, and you get that in the first couple minutes of it when the when the building comes down and stuff like that. I'm in it. But it's it's the same like message for that scene, you know, and yeah. and like Richard's bringing up like I too like director indulgence. I love Peter Jackson's King Kong. I think that is oh, dude, a fantastic yeah. film. That's, yeah, that's a great and, that's a great extended cut. If anyone should check that out, definitely. Yeah. Um, or Return of the King. All the Lord of the Rings extended cuts, I think, are like the definitive cuts of those films. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I actually, I, I followed up uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League with Peter Jackson's King Kong. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was very much in, in the mood for nice. directors just going all out for. Yeah. for that's a lot. It's that's great. a lot of television right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like your whole day right there, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. a day. Man. That's a, well, that's I, was... a, I postmated two, three meals, and I'm gonna watch King Kong and Justice League. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say the the extended cut for Return of the King, like it's so much. Like not that the regular was good, but like it makes no sense they didn't show the death of like Saruman, like. They're just like, oh yeah, he's he's in jail. We never hear from Saruman again. And there's a lot of that I had, like that reaction when I was watching this. I was like, okay, I get you can't release a four-hour film in theaters. Right. I I am someone that does believe this could have been truncated down to like three hours, yeah, three and a half. Yeah. And I think they could have released that because I think more people would have actually liked this movie, <laughs> right? But yeah, also, sure. like, they took out like the best stuff. <laughs> like yeah it's like why that, do they do that that's insane that like like yeah they like completely like just reconfigured that movie and it's it's not like like um like even like um like you know like minuscule stuff and i know like the the batman originally for affleck got canceled but like just seeing like the end credit scene with like deathstroke and like lex luther like it's so much more satisfying in the in the director's cut and the extended cut just seeing them talk and like you know, it's interesting to see those uh, two scenes off to each other because, like, like they both, I guess, like function like editing wise or whatever. You know, like it's not like the theatrical cut. It's like like the room or something. It's not like bad filmmaking. It's just really choppy for sure. But like, yeah, just seeing them like Deathstroke and like Lex Luthor like interact for like a little bit. It's just like, why was this cut? You know. So yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah, seeing like all the stuff that was like, or just like Barry. Like even stuff like Warner Brothers wanted, like um, like Barry Allen, like or like more uh comedic stuff, like Barry Allen just being at the job. That was funny, you know. Like I don't, yeah. Even just, like, I, I, like with the Barry Allen thing too, it's just like I can't believe that you know the theatrical version 
his moment is like pushing a truck with like <laughs> family away and then like in this one it's like literally like entering the speed force and like yeah he has that amazing monologue about like you know for his dad and like how he's one of the best of the best and i'm just like i don't understand like how you can like be a fan of these characters and then like cut the speed force thing with flash and then just have him like pitch a pickup a pickup truck like it's just like some of the, the the changes in that theatrical one are just like so mind-boggling that like I don't know part of me like can't believe that some of it just wasn't like intentional. I just <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like I, I think like Warner Brothers, it just kind of shows like the management at Warner Brothers at the time was just like not the best. <laughs> yeah. The thing, the, the thing is that I noticed that they even changed like major like story beats mm -hmm. that were insane. Like I remember watching the theatrical cut for the very first time and I remember asking what woke up the mother boxes? Because they keep on asking the question throughout the movie like what yeah. woke them up? Mm -hmm. And nobody really answers it no. in the theatrical cut. And I thought it was interesting in the very first five, like two minutes of this movie still showing beginning credits it shows superman screaming and then it shows the mother box cracking open and it kind of going like oh superman's death is what woke them up like mm -hmm. the mother boxes knew its biggest threat is now gone come get us yeah. and that was awesome like i was like oh that totally makes sense absolutely i loved that opening yeah right? i thought yeah. that was that so, was so beautiful and sad <laughs> and it's like because it's not just the mother box is like waking up too like that's the that's the threat right like that's like the inciting incident yeah. quote-unquote whatever screenwriting bullshit but like <laughs> it's also showing like look at how like everyone's devastated from like his closest the closest yeah. person to him lois lane then the superheroes and then lex luther and then the the world like we see it from like from land air to sea and yeah. I just was like, oh, wow. Like, it, it perfectly conveys, like, what genuine, like, devastation feels like, you know? And I think from that moment, I'm like, okay, I'm in. And then, you know, I have I have little speed bumps later. But, like, that was when I was pretty sure I was I, I was going to love this movie. So As much anyone's... better than the, uh, than the, uh, the cell phone footage. Oh, like, yes. my God. Going yeah, from, was, like, that, that terrible, just, like, one of the worst... <laughs> Just remember in the theaters and like i really i wanted to like it and like this is oh. i like knew everything but like when that started with that cell phone footage i just like my heart just sank <laughs> so i felt a little bit sick yeah. <laughs> and, and like this? that's that's where you see like that, i think that scene is the most obvious one of like the mustache the yeah. mustache yeah, but, yeah. Absolutely. well because it's like right in his face <laughs> like yeah. and he's like not hiding behind anything it's it's right in his face you can definitely see it um, and, was, the, and it, it wasn't the visual effects people's fault it was just yeah. like they didn't give them well, enough time well, yeah. just for just story wise i actually really enjoyed the idea of once they figure out hey superman might be able to come back it wasn't batman trying to bully everyone into bringing back superman it is yeah. a unanimous team decision where like everybody goes, okay, like I'm thinking it. I'm not gonna say it though. Like we should bring back Superman. Yeah. In the, in the theatrical cut, it's really weird because immediately Bruce makes this decision of we're gonna bring back Superman. Diana says no, and then he makes a cheap shot about Steve Trevor. Yeah. And you're just like, 
what okay be a uh-huh. jerk but he's, we're still not doing it yeah he's such a dick in the theatrical cut batman <laughs> he really is and in this one he's like more of like a leader and yeah. like kind of like a stable person that's like we can do this like we can like you know we're you know gung-ho we can we can definitely do this and it did very much give me batman justice league vibes where it's like batman's biggest thing is he believes in the justice league mm-hmm. he believes in this and he thinks it could succeed and he knows that it's it's here to save the world right and um, I, I think this movie does something interesting like bvs is all like batman can't accept that there are like gods and aliens now and he's like this fundamentally changes the way i i operate yeah i need to kill it <laughs> like i i i love that because it's like oh yeah batman you, to be batman you kind of have to be like a psychopath like there's right. something wrong with the person that yeah. does batman stuff and then now he's like oh i have faith again but he's like he's still not quite there so he's like you have to sacrifice my life for this like in the finale in the last hour of the movie he's constantly like don't worry about me i'll just i'll take down the tower oh don't worry about me i'll distract him don't worry. like everyone's like dude shut up we're like all on the same team and he's like yeah all right fine yeah it goes back to like kind of like how he is in the animated series like for Justice League, to, yeah. Or, yeah the comics where it's like he kind of has like a death wish in a way like it's not like he wants to die but like he's willing to like sacrifice himself like you know on the spot because it's like he believes in his mission that much so yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, that i love that i love the most about snyder's batman is that i feel like it really drives home the point that this is this is a broken child um, and I feel like that's something that, that Grant Morrison really hit on uh, in their run. Um, you know, I, I feel like Ben Affleck's Batman, you know, he can't accept the way that the world has changed. And so he has to lash out against it. Um, and that's like, for me, like why the Martha moment in BVS works so well, because it's very much like a child recognizing another, you know, person's humanity. Like it's, mm-hmm him growing up and then Justice League is a continuation of that, him, you know, finding his his faith again. Um, yeah. yeah, I very much I very much enjoy the fact that uh, Snyder depicts Batman as an unwell person because, you know, as, as Diego said, like, you can't be Batman and be a, a healthy individual. <laughs> no. So I feel like he's, he's trying to become, you know, better in this, uh, which, I, which I really appreciate. And yeah. I think there's, I think that's why Snyder wanted Batman to be the one to bring the Justice League together because all these people have like fundamentally they feel broken and like that I think the best scene in the film uh, as someone who loves this film I think it's the best scene by far is when Cyborg has his moment with the mother boxes and they're like oh my broken like it's his biggest fear right yeah. it's a fancy thing of like he's seeing his biggest fear it's not maybe not really there but is like oh it's it's uh this is my broken boy and then you know he says i'm not broken i'm not alone yeah. and that's like his big heroic moment like that would have like killed with the crowd and i just i, I think cyborg does kind of not steal the movie because it's very uniformly spread but right. like he is my favorite part i had the same reaction i did to snyder's lex luther when i rewatched it but for <laughs> the opposite reasons where i was like Oh, this uh, Lex Luthor in BVS is the best thing Zack Snyder's ever done, and now I feel like oh, Cyborg's the best thing Zack Snyder's ever done. Like I, I'm in shock at how much I loved Cyborg in this, and yeah. no wonder there were complaints about Cyborg not being that prevalent in the theatrical cut because he gets the best stuff in this. But uh, let's yeah. let's start picking up on the rest of the characters. Sure. Uh, we like we like Batman. We like Cyborg. Uh, how about how about some Aquaman and, and Flash stuff? 
anybody got anything on those two um uh, like i was saying earlier i think that i actually really did like the idea that in for the aquaman stuff he actually really did it kind of felt like he really did talk to james wan and go what is your story about yeah how can i best introduce your story in this what are some major characters that i need to kind of like you know show off and you can kind of feel it like uh with uh willem defoe's character you you know uh mira everything like that how exactly everything's going on in atlantis they're even mentioning orin kind of going like orin is a bad king he sucks we need to get rid of him like he's a dick and uh really setting up where aquaman is going for the flash i love the idea that in the very beginning they're very much introducing i can go into time i can turn time back Mm -hmm. like i can turn time back that's that's a major thing the flash can do um yeah, and then there, his display of the way the f- Speed Force actually works is amazing. I, I think he really did kind of take from Justice, from Justice League Immortal in a way, uh, just because the way, as he was running, um, there's a line inside Justice League Immortal where he literally goes, as I run, it's almost as, as if I was running through a hallway of statues. And as you see him running, you can actually see basically everybody's standing very still. Yeah. Instead of moving slowly like he does in like the Grant Gustin version or anything like that, they very mar- they very much are standing still. Mm. And it's a it's a cool rendition. Uh, that's why it's also really interesting because you're seeing him run throughout most of the movie, no, and without being encumbered except for by himself by tripping over his own feet or anything like that. When he <laughs> sees Superman actually look at him and follow like where he's going and it scares the hell out of him and that mm. is like one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair that moment did i remember with the crowd that moment did kill in the theater yeah and everyone's like why wouldn't the rest of the movie have that energy and then we see this version it's like oh that, that's why okay yeah. that's, that's a snyder now. shot yeah. <laughs> so. um, I, I was just gonna say it's interesting that nick brought up uh, justice league mortal because if uh, anyone may or may not know, that script is online somewhere if you ever want to check it out. Um, it has some interesting ideas for sure. I don't know if it would have been a good movie, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was George Miller directing. Yeah, I, I remember reading it uh, a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely some interesting ideas. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't think that it would have been uh, great on screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, you know, we'll never know for sure. Cause you know, it never came out. And then too, like it did have George Miller. So, you know, I mean, he could have elevated it for sure. I think George Miller would have directed the shit out of it mm-hmm. and it would have not been a great story. Oh, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But, Are you trying but, to say that Army Hammer Batman would have been terrible? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't even keep a straight face. Couldn't yeah. Keep a straight yeah face. That's all good. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that, it's interesting. Um, I was just going to say for, um, yeah, uh, just for uh, some of the other characters, um, I just want to bring up, uh, I guess, Man- Martian Manhunter, because that was uh, the most interesting thing, because I think that was, I don't know if it was like a fan sort of thing, but like, that was certainly like a speculation at a lot of points in uh, the history of uh, the Snyderverse, and um, just seeing like, yeah, that was uh, that was the whole plan all, all along, I guess, Swanwick, um Swanwick was Martian Manhunter. It wasn't like Manhunter was impersonating him at some point, uh, just to clarify. Yeah, he was. Okay. Swanwick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really cool to see him. Um, 
I don't particularly like the the that Martha turned into him. Yeah. Um, I think it deflated some of the emotion. And I'm I'm a big um I'm a big like mom fan and like <laughs> in superhero movies. Like I just I love you know mother figures. Like I love Aunt May and like mm-hmm. I love Martha. Like I love when they have these like really human moments. And so I felt like it was really important to have these two human characters, these two you know, women that were such a huge part of Superman's life, just like talk about like grief and his legacy. Um, and yeah, I just felt, I thought it was really weird that uh, it ended up being Martian Manhunter. Um, <laughs> like yeah. at the end, but like for me, it just raised too many questions. Um, I don't think that it was necessary. Uh, I just, I, I also, I feel like his presence is already a bit complicated because it's like, I mean, you like stood by when like Zod attacked, and <laughs> when Doomsday attacked. Superman's yeah. got it. Well, Superman's well, got it. <laughs> does anyone, does anyone remember? Because now, now I can't remember. Well, was uh in that scene where the president was gonna nuke Doomsday. Was uh, Swanwick against that, or he, he was against it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at least yeah, he did that, I guess. No, I mean like. Please don't I, I mean, Metropolis. Please yeah, don't. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that. I, I I was talking to Gene about that a little while ago. I was like, I think that is like a very telling moment in that movie, where it's like everyone in power. The moment they're they get scared, they're like, I gotta kill it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Batman's like, 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 I need to kill God, and then the president's like, a monster, nuke him, nuke everything. You know? It's yeah. Like, it's, it's a very think, uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the, the the idea that he was Martian Manhunter, though, I did feel like that wasn't an idea that they had had in Man of Steel, mm. just because there wasn't, there kind of isn't any like tiles that are set down where it's like hinting that he's man that he's Martian Manhunter. Right. It was it was very much one of these things of like people are like, well, he would be a great person to be Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And later on, they he was just like, oh yeah, because he is, he's Martian Manhunter. And I felt like they were, <laughs> it's one of those things of Zack Snyder was like, fans, come again. I, I have automatically <laughs> listened to you and I put it in. And in none of my other movies did I kind of hint at the fact that he's Martian Manhunter. Right. Because that, um, that would have oh. been interesting if during like the Zod fight, like while the president's going, I need to nuke them you would have kind of like seen something where he's like, it's not a good idea. And then it would yeah. have been like Jedi mind trick of him going, yeah. it's not a good idea. And then you would have been like, what the fuck? Like, where did that come from? I mean, to Zack Snyder's credit, I, it does feel like one of his impulses I don't always agree with. Mm-hmm. Like the way he films everything, like he films every scene at like an 11 out of 10. Yeah. And I don't think every scene needs that. And I think like, like the the flash um scene where he's introduced it's almost like a mini flash short film it's yeah. really good and then he he goes over to save iris and I'm in, it, I'm in it i'm in it and then like there's like the little sesame seeds flying off the burger at the screen yeah. and I'm like, you, you you don't really need that and then there's right like, there's this What's beautiful it? moment where he's gonna catch iris west but he has to catch her gently because in the speed force and he might hurt her and then there's like hot dogs flying between yeah. them and I'm just like, okay, I dog. get it because he has to get the hot dog for the dogs, but just maybe do that after or before. Right. What, what <laughs> like, was that? Maybe don't have them right there. Well, what no, I, I, I liked the... him because I, oh, I the, the reason why I liked that is because he knew I have all the time in the world. Yeah, he really I, did. Like, it's it's fine. I can get Iris. No, whatever. It, it, it's fine, but it's like dogs. the framing is very odd. Yeah. <laughs> it is, what was, it is what was, what was the song that's playing in that scene, too? 
like secret uh, siren or something did that was that too much for diego or i'm i'm not a huge fan of some of his song choices but oh, all right <laughs> going even going back to Watchmen and such like he clearly mm-hmm. likes them this is this entire project is for him whatever you know it yeah. doesn't it doesn't ruin anything for me that's what i'll say i'm just like not crazy about cool. it yeah. i do wish that uh i do wish that iris had actually like gotten like a uh dialogue exchange with barry and like yeah, a, yeah. because like unless you know that she's iris going in because you're like you know tuned into the internet i mean <laughs> general people are not going to know that that's iris west because she never gets a name right so you feel like you know for all the attention to detail given to that scene and the sesame seeds and all of that i do feel like that it could have been uh you know i i feel like that some of that time could have been used to actually like give iris a, a better introduction and, and set up for the flash movie right yeah and yeah, then too, like yeah i think also the flash movie because like the flash movie is like i don't know like loki kind of like cursed almost because it keeps changing like creative teams like what at that time because I, I don't remember if it was the rick famiola version yeah but, like, it was mm-hmm. okay it was rick famiola at the time um, yeah. Flashpoint, he right? had cast her i think he had cast her first because they worked together on dope yeah that's right and then yeah she had that the, the snyder scene yeah. okay because yeah i was like i'm like what flash were they setting up yeah that no that, that was gonna be just the the cyborg flash movie or right, well, flash uh, with the cyborg supporting role while they're investigating like murders of like kids of color, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, I might be wrong. Like, don't supposed to be like, yeah, it was, it was like uh, urban set. Hmm. Uh, I don't think they ever like announced who the villain was, but basically, yeah. About like how, when urban kids get murdered, it's treated differently by the cops and like when, you know, suburban kids do, uh, which was a really interesting take, but yeah. Yeah, and now Rick Famuyiwa is doing some of the best Mandalorian episodes. Yeah. so take that. <laughs> really um, is. Give him, give him another shot at big movies because that dude's just clearly got it. But, but enough about that. Um, other stuff I want to talk about. Uh, Superman. I, I uh, sidebar. I did a, another podcast for this with the Matt Gringa, who we also did retrospective on BVS, and that's where we both came to realize, like, hey, we kind of like this one. Um, I didn't talk a lot about Superman there. I want to talk about him now because I have done like a full 180 on the Zack Snyder Superman. Yeah. And I, I still think he needs a little work and some of these stuff, but I, I have a very big soft spot for him. And I found myself very moved by all of his emotional stuff with Lois Lane and his mom. And I agree. Martha Kent should have been Martha Kent. I love me some Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Honestly, just save him for a sequel. No reason he should be in this. I'm very sorry. I, yeah. I, that's how I feel. Um, no. But the Superman stuff, I, I was very moved by. Yeah. And to see Lois Lane struggle uh, after his passing was like very sad. I like this. I like Amy Adams a lot. I don't like to see her in pain. So I, <laughs> like, I wanted everyone to be okay. <laughs> yeah. That scene of him, um, of Clark hugging Lois and his mom in the field is probably one of my favorite Superman moments. Like for me, that just like, encapsulates encapsulates so much of what i love about superman uh, and i also love the moment with the with the butterfly uh you know it's, it's little it's little touches like that that i think that you know snyder gets so much crap online about you know being being gritty and, and overly masculine mm-hmm. but get this beautiful scene of just like this butterfly gently like you know flying around clark and landing on his finger and i think for yeah. that like it's such an incredible small moment uh, yeah, has that, anyone, that, 
Well, here, really, oh, really quick. I just want to yeah. ask, has anyone seen uh, John Borman's Excalibur here? No, I, I need to see that because that's okay. in uh, BBS. Yeah, uh, Richard, I, I think it's Zack Snyder's favorite film, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, it's, I saw it recently, a couple days ago. It explains everything about okay. his filmography. I, I need to see it. <laughs> It's it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's very bizarre. But in that film, I bring it up because I think that's pivotal to understanding how Zack Snyder would have gone about the rest of his Justice League series, and hopefully, mm-hmm. show those. Um, and how he treats Superman because in in Excalibur, it's like King Arthur is representative of England. Like he's literally the embodiment of England through his tenure in that film. And I think in his version of Superman, Superman is like representative of like earth and it's a little malleable sometimes he's he represents like what people aspire to be sometimes he's like lost hope that's why he's like dead and like the world is like changing but like it really all clicked when the butterfly flies around him you know it's like yeah. oh it's like he's like nature and stuff like that yeah. and i just i found that very striking yeah i was gonna say the moment because i actually i love the scene where i think it's when he gets the black suit for the first time like he goes up into the the atmosphere and like he's above like the sun and he yeah. kind of does like a Christ-like, and you know, obviously, like we all kind of know that Superman is like a Christ figure, but like, yeah, him doing that just like in front of the sun is very like, yeah, kind of representative of that idea. Diego was saying as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, honestly, I really enjoyed this version of just the Superman rebirth scene because I like the idea that Superman didn't come back with a grudge. Like he wasn't just yeah. pissed off because he was killed. He just didn't like he. It's kind of like he was rebooting. Yeah, he didn't he? Sure. Doesn't know what's going on, and at this point, he sees threats, and he's just kind of dealing with them. Right. And then the moment that Lois kind of like shows up, I always thought that was a really dumb moment in the theatrical cut of like Alfred bringing Lois, mm-hmm. like, and then she just gets dropped off. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> did like that though. Like, I know, I know, no. no. I, I actually, I'm with Gene on that. I, I did like that too. Because here it is like more of a coincidence. That is something I probably would have been like, again, like I pull Zack right. Snyder aside and be like, hey, dude, maybe just organize this one a little right. better. I, I don't know. Not, not, to, I, not to give uh, Whedon too much credit, but like uh, for obvious reasons, but um, like that, that moment's like, you know, like in Batman Hush where it's like a brain controlled Superman and like su- Batman knows like, all right, I have kryptonite, but probably not going to work. The one thing, I do know it's like super like in you know every single universe like Superman loves Lois you know like he's never gonna hurt Lois Lane so in, that's in Batman's all, like backup plan. In all fairness, the fact that she got dropped off like a package is one of the dumbest things I've ever <laughs> fucking seen. That is like you cannot you cannot argue your way out of it. It's one of the dumbest yeah. things ever, and especially since it's supposed to be this idea of Whedon trying to make sense of what Barry said to Bruce and BBS of Lois Lane is the key. Like yeah. that's literally what that scene is supposed to be. It's supposed to be him going, "Oh, well, Barry's telling me I need to get Lois Lane, and that's what'll fix Superman. He'll stop being evil if I do that." Uh, it's that's not what it's about. And uh, Superman actually seeing Lois and then both of them flying away to Kansas is actually a really awesome scene. The idea that Lois can kind of snap him back into reality, and he can remember who he is by being on the Kent farm and everything else is uh, awesome yeah i really didn't i i really enjoyed all of that about superman you right. can also see his villainous tendencies as well during the battle with Steppenwolf. wolf yeah which I, I thought was, was really interesting 
yeah i was i was telling diego earlier i uh, i really like that because that's i guess like the character arc for that like it like when you're kind of like like oh man like what's superman gonna do like he's just pounding on steppenwolf like it, it clearly frames that as like bad you know like like it gives superman like more empathy and like compassion because that's like you know they're like you know you you don't, you don't want to see superman turn like evil anti-life superman and go that route mm-hmm. for sure um i was i was i had a question for everyone because i i guess like i found the reason um in like interviews from snyder but like uh was there any like that you could clearly see in the movie like the reason he chose the black suit because i was like a little confused i actually i i did some reading on that yeah um so in an interview i think with esquire i'll, I'll pull it up after or I'll, I'll link it down below um black it, there's some like metaphor that he, he he pulled it from somewhere where like black is like representative of humanity it's like some story red blue and black or something like that and like red is like represents something else blue represents something else in that story and black represents like the the will of humanity or like or, or something inherent about us as like a as like a people mm-hmm. and so he i think he attempted to do it with that and it's also from the comics and right. everyone knows how i feel about that i don't care if it's from the comics just make it work on the film sure. and I, I i thought it worked fine yeah um, um i oh. i don't i don't know if the metaphor completely tracks maybe i, I don't I, know that story well enough i, so. I read uh, i read something different though really okay yeah uh, i think i read i forgot what where it's from but he said like uh that's him kind of getting closer to his kryptonian heritage heritage because if you watch man of steel like they weren't wearing the red and blue underneath their like uh their suits it was like it was the black suit so like he's i guess like kind of getting closer to that kryptonian heritage and felt closer so but that's yeah that's that's what i read which is actually really interesting too because i'm kind of surprised how good it looked to just know that it's the black it's the red and blue suit it's just they minus the color <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, oh, is that is that what they did there? Because I yeah, remember for uh, the they, theatrical, it's it's red and blue, and I know they. No, uh, so essentially, what, so what they did is, uh, he said, "I want to make a black suit." The studio said no, hmm. and then he goes, "Okay, fine." So he has him wearing the blue, the red and blue suit, and then he just minused out the color so that way it <laughs> turned black because they wouldn't spend the money to make another black oh, suit. Man. You could have, you could have fooled me. I didn't yeah, know I, I mean, hey, smart smart efficient filmmaking you know yeah, and yeah. surprisingly enough it looks really good <laughs> yeah it does it, it look i i love uh you know that's that's a good superman suit and yeah it was cool to see on film yeah uh another thing that you brought up steppenwolf gene yeah steppenwolf not a really beloved comic book villain from the theatrical right. cut and he, he's never been like the pantheon of like all-time great villains yeah uh i i, I liked him here I, yeah. I wouldn't say he's like one of the best now, but like I, I liked him. I There's feel, enough like pathos with him. Yeah, who would have thought we would have yeah. liked Steppenwolf? Because well, like the reason also I feel like you liked him more is because he also doesn't have this weird fascination with the mother boxes. <laughs> yeah. He's not, not a, he's not a Mike Pence with them. He's not yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you <laughs> literally, <his> literally, <laughs> literally the whole movie he's just going, mother. I'm coming for you, mother. Yeah. And it's like, what is going on? And that was very confusing. But I like. And like, look, to, to be fair, if you made a version of Steppenwolf that was that, 
you, you could pull something interesting out of it, but you have to do more than just those scenes you brought up because that's all he did. You know? Like if you want to make him like some weird, like fetish dude, you know, like whatever, you can get something interesting out of that, but you have to do something with it. You can't yeah. just have him say that in those I, scenes. I, yeah. I was, I was really surprised how much uh, I ended up liking Step and Steppenwolf because like, I don't know. He's kind of like, you uh, kind of reminded me of uh, from uh, Rogue One Krennic where he's just like a middle management guy just being like dicked around by like the higher ups you know if anyone saw that one tweet where it's like man like even steppenwolf can't escape capitalism because it's like all right steppenwolf you still owe us like fifty thousand more worlds after you're (laughs) done here it's like get going (laughs) i love that like that face too he makes after he hears that like oh yeah it's so sad like it's there's something like so sympathetic about him, and then like when he gets a mother box and he like calls on Desaad, he just like sounds like so desperate. Desaad, Desaad. He yeah. just like sounds like so like pained because like he just like wants to get home, and like I really like appreciate that fact about him. Like he's just a dude who's like trying to get back in his family's graces, and they're kind of like, nah, like you fucked up too many times, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, just, he wants to be back in the dark side thing uh family because i was gonna say is um i, I don't know because they changed like i remember when the movie was coming out people like some of the like uh some synopsis said he's dark side's nephew then then it said it's dark side's uncle does anyone know like the official thing is because he's obviously related to dark in side, the comics he? he's his his uncle okay yeah but I like know, but in the, the movie was he he was supposed to be his uncle right I think he's supposed to be his uncle, but they never really mention it. Yeah, either. yeah. I guess it doesn't matter, but you, you, you. What you can tell and defer from the movie is that he has a relationship with Darkseid, and he fucked up in some way, and he needs to pay Darkseid back, and that's basically it. I mean, it's kind of all you really need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the movie is not like about him; it's about the Justice League, you know. And like, yeah. it's kind of like. I, I think this is better than, than at least half the Avengers films, but like it, it reminds me of like the MCU complaints. People are like, oh, the, the Marvel villains all suck. And it's like, well, no, most of the time, like sometimes they do. But like yeah. if you have a 23 franchise, like 23 movie franchise, you're, you're going to get some duds. That's just yeah, going to happen. They, they, they can't you know? all like, they don't all need. Yeah, they, they can't all be a fucking Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, sorry, that's, that's not possible. Yeah. That's reserved <laughs> but, for DC, damn it. <laughs> oh, no. but, me. I, I, I'm sacrilegious now but speaking yeah. of the villains like do we oh, like the new gods yeah yes. I, I, I love that that was like one of the best aspects just seeing dark side because i don't think we yeah we had never seen dark side on film before no so that was yeah, that was great i, I, I love cool. dark side yeah, yeah, yeah seeing, like, he's, he's my favorite villain from dc yeah, I, I didn't actually think they were going to bring in Granny Goodness. Like, I know that you see her in a trailer, but, like, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then when that's I actually fair. saw her on screen, I was like, oh, they actually did bring in Granny Goodness. That's cool. Did you guys see uh, that one tweet where they're like, is that Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you only see Granny at, like, a distance, and, like, yeah. it kind of it did look a little bit of my, like Elizabeth Warren. It's like uh, <laughs> old Cap looking like Joe Biden in Endgame. Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> They still haven't revealed that the actor of that. Like some people thought mm. one uh, yesterday, but she said that it wasn't. It wasn't her. Uh, part of me wonders if she's fully uh, CG. Maybe. Yeah, I, I thought she looked CG, and then they did the the height thing with her, like they do mm. with some of the gods on Earth too. Like uh, my my boy David Thewlis, 
who plays oh, yeah. Ares, and he's just oh, this yeah. buff dude. Like David Thewlis is not. He's not a buff man in real life. He's a he's a British thespian theater nerd. I don't know. <laughs> I, I get a kick out of that still. But anyways, um, yeah, I think she is CG. But uh, if she's not, that would be a surprise. And yeah, I, I loved that. I loved all that stuff. I wanted more of that. And I know it's right. impossible, but like I, I would, would go, loved I would go nuts to, to see to see Snyder like be able to fully tap into the fourth world stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted I, to see that stuff on screen for so long. And... Yeah, because it's 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 like you know because that's I love all the new gods fourth world stuff because that's like Jack Kirby at his most like Jack Kirbyist. Yeah. You know, because I think that's right after he leaves Marvel, and you know, I mean, he kind of like wants to step out of Stan, even though like he did like enough to get like the credit in Marvel. You know, he really wanted to do stuff on his own, and like just seeing like it's basically uh, anyone correct me if I'm wrong. It's just Jack Kirby does the Bible, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's Bible and then, fan uh, fiction. And then when he didn't finish, it's, it's kind of interesting because then when he didn't finish Fourth World, yeah, continue those ideas in Eternals. And so, like, yeah. it's interesting because he's just been like fascinated with like this kind of like through line of like you know modern gods and telling this kind of like sci-fi biblical epic. And I don't remember there was a book that was popular at the time, and I think it like theorized that like uh, like Jesus was an alien or something like that. <laughs> oh, chariot, chariot of the gods. Yeah, 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 that's it. And so that was like his main like inspiration for oh, gods and then Eternals. Yeah. <laughs> That I, I did not know that that was his inspiration because yeah that's that's wild Jack Kirby just reading Cherry to the God he's an interesting fellow I I love Kirby uh, yeah and well, yeah too like his dark side is just is great because it's like you know um like Jack like dark side is basically just any like fascist like he's an allegory for like any sort of like like ruler or dictator he could be applied to anything and like you know Jack Kirby he served in the military too so he certainly like saw like enough like going on in the world and it's like yeah jack how jack kirby viewed the world and you get that from like dark side like his thoughts and opinions on like everything so yeah and then dark side's just great because you know if anyone read like mr miracle it's like dark side is he's just basically yeah. the embodiment of evil he's like the devil yeah. you know that's he's what like, i really loved in this one steppenwolf lands in like that abandoned nuclear like disaster place and it's like oh it's toxic and i'm like oh okay it's it's like a very like straightforward like <laughs> hammer hitting nail mythology about like oh nuclear power is evil and yeah and, and like it's a uh, and then the fascist thing with dark side is like inherently there but like right how they like they literally like, communicates with like the embodiments of evil through like that pillar in that radioactive yeah. waste i was like awesome. this fucking rules yeah <laughs> that was um, so cool. reminded me a little bit of uh of fern gully do you remember the villain in that <laughs> vaguely vaguely Yes. The, like sludge, like toxic. Uh, oh my god! I haven't thought about. Well, I also, I, the reason why I, I also really like that was it was perfect setup for just like no one's here. Like yeah. if when we have our final battle here, the heroes have to worry about no civilians. Yeah, it's not randomly like that town in Russia. What was it in the theatrical cut? It was oh, like yeah. a small. Yeah. Russian <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> just one family they show yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's just one, one family single. that parademons apparently can't get past like you know think, plates yeah. of wood and a desk to get right. bug, spray. <laughs> bug spray yes bug spray. oh that's right bug oh my spray. god oh that was terrible yeah, um I, I was i was gonna bring up because i can't think of 
like any other uh well obviously in the cartoon justice league but like i just i really love the fact that they uh showed the anti-life equation and that was kind of like one of the mcguffins because like you know i was like explaining to like because i was watching it with my roommates like what the anti-life equation is and like yeah, yeah it's just like I'm like man it's basically just math a math equation that proves like there is no free will and like that's so cool that like they they translated to that on screen and like that was just that was like the most comic booky thing they could have done just showing the anti-life equation well not only that but also i thought it was interesting though because he actually because dark side even mentions the infinity wall which i thought was interesting because it's the giant wall that protects the anti-life equation like the, the source wall yeah yeah the source wall sorry uh but yeah i remember hearing that and i was like wait are they going like they're going like hard into it yeah. um the other great. thing is, is that i i remember from a couple of comic books it even says like the source wall creates things to defend it and yeah, stuff like that i like, i believe i believe the source wall like it's whoever's like trying to like go like meet god right like something like that the creator yeah, uh, richard would probably know yeah so it's like the creator is beyond the the source wall and a lot of times like people get trapped in the source walls. Like Darkseid was trapped there for a time, um, but recently it was blown up. Right. Uh, uh, Scott blew it up and then it led to his Justice League run and uh, Death Metal. And mm-hmm. so now, like beyond the source wall, there's this omniverse, which contains like an infinite number of multiverses. And so it's like, it, it's it's like full on Grant Morrison. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane, but it's really yeah. cool. That's, that's a... Death Metal is really good. Everyone should check that out. Uh, on on to more. I just want to hit a couple more points before we oh, start sure. wrapping this up. Uh, Richard, yeah. I hope we're not keeping you too long. Also. No, no, I'm okay. good. Okay. okay. Uh, so this is shot in standard IMAX presentation, four by three Academy ratio. I believe it's like one point thirty three one, like is the official thing. Um, and look, if if you're not into Zack Snyder stuff and you're like gonna hate watch this, don't watch hate, hate watch yeah. anything. Like it's not yeah. go, it's go not watch he- other stuff. If you're, if you're tired yeah. of like blockbusters, go go watch silent films that are available on YouTube. I'm genuinely serious. Yeah. I think they're so much fun. Just start back at the beginning and work your way to the present. But I love the framing in this for the close-ups. I think it's a little hit and miss some other times. Um, I wish they kind of did the Christopher Nolan thing where it's like this sequence isn't in uh right in scope this season this sequence is in academy ratio i think that would have been tons of fun but oh my god the close-ups in this i don't know why i thought they were so striking and well lit and just like they had like this incredible power to them and everyone's so sad in the beginning of this you know <laughs> yeah you know, i just really <laughs> felt like their emotions in those scenes and i i was true i found it very moving what do we think of the the very different presentation for this film i um i I really for for one it reminded me of comic book panels um shape so i I was really struck by that um and yeah it didn't it didn't distract me at all um you know i I watched it on a on a good size tv i I think that i could see how it'd be distracting on you know a a smaller size but i think that you know if you're watching it on a on a big screen i think that it really you know, I, I think it's really immersive. I don't think it, it detracts from, it didn't, it didn't for me, at least it didn't detract from the film at all. Honestly, I really enjoyed it because it, from somebody who watched the Snyder Cut, then went into the theatrical cut to then watch the Snyder Cut again. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
it, it was really interesting to see side by side like scenes and see how much more was shown inside the Snyder Cut's version. Where yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, uh, like th- like two inches of the screen gives you an entirely different image. And yeah. it tells you entirely different, like what's going on. It, re- it really does. Cause I think someone on Twitter um, showed like side by side the, the, in the theatrical cut, the scenes they zoomed in or they reframed mm-hmm. and it did mm-hmm. not look good. You know, yeah, um, and it's but it takes a lot of information out. Yeah, like, there's a yeah. lot of like, so, like yeah. Back. When you when you do stuff like that, just as like for filmmaking, like everything how it's framed is it's telling you like exactly the image and like the story you want to tell. Like as soon as you start like zooming in, like you're missing like yeah information and like it's not telling that story visually. Mm-hmm. So then um, that's where stuff just kind of gets misled. Yeah, people don't understand certain things because it wasn't in frame. You did yeah, exactly. Cropped it. You cropped it, and that's why and people yeah. don't like it. And um, so I thought it looked really good. Yeah. And then I, on, on another like cinematic oh. level, Snyder has referred to this as his attempt at doing like a Seven Samurai type story. <laughs> okay. It's it, yeah. it's Excalibur. Just watch Excalibur. It all, <laughs> yeah, it all makes I need so I need to sense. I need to see it now. I really want to check it out. Um, but uh, I, I bring up Seven Samurai because that is also shot in Academy Ratio four by three. Oh. And, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, look, Snyder ain't no Kurosawa. I'm just, right. I don't think um, no one could be. But that does, but no yet. one could be. So, yeah, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to steal from other filmmakers, you might as well steal from the best. Well, yeah. What's that? Know? What's that line in Swingers where he's like, uh, I think I forgot who says it. It's like, oh, it's just movies. Everyone steals from everyone. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the yeah. fun of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was just gonna say for the the ratio, uh, you know, it, it takes like a second to get used to, maybe like five minutes. But like once you start watching, it didn't bother me and then like another friend pointed out like if you were that bothered by the, the 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 screen like you could also in your tv zoom in you know like zoom in to where like the the picture is like that i don't know if that's the right way to watch it but if you were that bothered like technologically you can do that just zoom in your tv so. i, I want to say i want to say no not to be like a cinema purist or anything right. like that. just like i feel like that you, you do lose something but if you're the person that is bothered by that anyways, you, you might, whatever, fuck it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just just putting it out there for anyone. Yeah. Everybody's got I did see, I saw someone on, on TikTok put uh, put curtains on the slider bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, they do that. They do that in the movie, the, the theaters sometimes. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. they do. They close it in. So that way- I, I forgot, I forgot what it's, what, how it's like in a theater. So <laughs> that yeah. brought me back. They open this Friday. Oh, I was, I was just gonna say, um, I just want to say, I didn't like, I don't know how you guys thought, thought it, but like, it was, it was interesting to see this because this kind of felt like a, like a cultural experience or like a group experience. Like, like it felt kind of like how you, how it was back in a movie without being in a movie theater. I don't know if anyone yeah. felt that. Like, if you watched it with like, you know, your, your roommates or like your wife or your like parents or something, mm-hmm. like just reacting that, even if it was a small audience, like, was like it was interesting i don't know if that's worth talking about but yeah no, I, sure. I feel like especially like after this past year of like not being at movie theaters like this really felt like a a communal experience and just like the fact that like so many people were positive about it too i felt really helped because then you can go online and be enthusiastic and like the memes started almost immediately <laughs> like it really did feel like we were like back in like yeah i was a 19 seeing movies you know <laughs> I mean, the before COVID times. Yeah, that, that's totally what I I, uh, I enjoyed about this weekend too. Without even like giving my opinion until the, this recording, I, I was like that the memes are just so funny. Everything is like like nature really is healing. You know, the memes are back. 
<laughs> yeah, the meme that was great. It's like, uh, was it was that where's like a uh, society or it's like the world is uh the world is healing. The the memes have come back. Oh, speaking yeah. of society, uh, anyone who watched the Justice League trailer knows the greatest troll in the history of cinema <laughs> is Jared Leto's Joker saying, "We live in a society." Which dot dot which, dot. Where honor is a distant memory. It's not in the film. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. Because uh, that proved to me Zack Snyder knew exactly what he was doing. When yeah, he that, was a, that was a very trailer line for sure. Whoever edited that trailer should be set for life. <laughs> because that was like the perfect storm of meme culture, Zack Snyder fans, and cinema just like coalescing into we live in a society over the Justice League title. Yeah. Like, you're amazing. never topping that. <laughs> um yeah I, i'm really glad they went back uh, i guess uh just to talk about that is it uh it wasn't an end credits i guess it was like an epilogue sort of thing yeah it's yeah it's interesting i'm glad they went back to refilm that because i i think i don't know correct me if i'm wrong like that's the only the only scene they did reshoots on right does anyone no 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 there, there are other scenes they did reshoots oh. on. Uh, okay. manager is a reshoot right okay uh you can definitely see uh when he meets bruce that's definitely a reshoot because right. ben affleck has lost 20 pounds uh, he's not as buff yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's not, not as buff he's kind of he's like okay. really scrawny you can, yeah you can really see like those are like those are reshoots um, but yeah that that uh epilogue uh that was really good seeing like the nightmare world and like yeah um you know i'm not the biggest fan of like the, that version of the joker but even that like it wasn't as like i didn't get like annoyed i kind of like enjoyed their interaction even though batman telling joker i'll fucking kill you is like that was a little out there but it, it worked enough um you and know, you see the, where he got the card too like the that thing was is cool. that i actually really was hoping that when he said he was going to fucking kill him i was really <laughs> hoping he was going to steal the joker uh zack Snyder was going to steal a line from uh i think it was uh all-star batman no, there's there's another the there's a, he steals which there's a line where the Joker literally says if you had if you had the potential for that kind of fun you would have done it years ago. Uh, I think and Return of the Joker. I think that is. is it, I think Joker. that's in there. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. what it is, and I I think that's like a perfect line for that where like because it's very like it, it very much demeans what you're saying like I know you're never gonna kill me. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but honestly, I really enjoy as a Batman fan, a huge Batman fan. Uh, I liked it. I really enjoyed their altercation. I like this, like, I'm going to stab you with words, like this back and forth. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Also, I like to see where the Justice League movies would have gone. Yeah. Because the way that Joker's talking, it sounds like they have been time hopping like crazy mm -hmm. and messing stuff up. Yeah. I guess that goes into uh, one of the points Diego had uh, for like the sequel plans. Because mm -hmm. th those are Richard, I believe they're out there, right? That was gonna—I don't know how much of that was like set in stone, but Snyder's plans are out there, and there's like it's very public. Like pictures are up and stuff too, right? Like about yeah. his outlines for those uh, films. So his original storyboards uh, that I, he developed, I think, before BVS came out, um, and he said that he actually did new ones with Jim Lee. Uh, after BBS came out to kind of uh, take account for some of the changes with the other films that were happening. But yeah, he said that those those plans were still very much uh, very much uh, set. And I feel like they were they are they are so interesting. Just like some of the tidbits that he's given from like some of the interviews. 
I, I, I mean, I would, I would spend a ton of money to see those, <laughs> to see those money, those movies happen. And if you guys, if you guys buy my book, everybody listening, <laughs> and if I'm wealthy enough, I will after take care of my family. I will fund <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League sequels. <laughs> there you yes. go. Yeah, that's like yes. the perfect advertisement. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Remember, link link down below. Everyone go check it out. Um, I, I will say, as I, I liked the epilogue, I wish the 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 DC of future past, whatever you want to call those last three, right? Yeah. But those before Silas Stone's voiceover over the heroes going oh, off into the yeah. future and but, then end it that way, yeah. I would have been like, okay perfect yeah um it doesn't ruin the movie for me but it is like a weird flow and i have to say as someone who does not like jared leto as an actor or as the joker that might be like my favorite jared leto thing outside of blade runner 2049 (laughs) yeah um and that that future scene i want that movie i want it so bad i I was just gonna say the only thing because yeah like as an editor like yeah it was very oddly placed but i guess the only reason i could think of is they didn't want fans to like think like like cliffhanger like see this in the next movie they're kind of like well it's like this is probably the only thing we're gonna get so place it like right there you know yeah just throw the kitchen sink at it yeah <laughs> um i was just gonna say i would i would want a sequel um you know but like just like realistically just thinking of like where all the actors are at like affleck probably doesn't want to go back to batman anytime soon even though i think he's in flashpoint um like it'd be hard to get cavill back even though he probably will but like warner Bros doing done stuff um but yeah i don't know i would want it at least like like as like a comic book sequel because i remember him and jim lee were talking about finishing it that way that would have been like that would be super cool and i think like if they do that which i don't know what's stopping them like like management or what but that'd be like mm-hmm. i think like an, an animated one is also a possibility because he's doing oh, really cool. for army of the dead uh, and I'm pretty sure that he has a, an animation studio that he's like opened through Stone Quarry. Um, so yeah, I feel like that might be like easier. I mean, like, of course, like I would love to see like a live action sequel. Like even if we had to wait like five years to like yeah. everybody, of course that would be like the ultimate goal. But then like, if we couldn't get that, I think like an HBO Max, like animated series, like yeah. just like just doing voice work. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, Snyder is, is actually really good at animation, like uh, Legend of the, of the Guardians has some really cool sequences in there. Um, and I think that, you know, they could do something that's, you know, kind of photorealistic, but also very much in his style. Yeah, like uh, the Zemeckis when he was doing all the CGI movies. Like, oh, yeah, like Beowulf. Yeah. Yeah. Beowulf, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, like, it's, it's not unheard of for if Zack Snyder does an animated movie. That's a really good point. And I mean, as someone who has like dragged the Owls of Cahool as a film that no one has ever seen, <laughs> rewatching it. it for the podcast, pretty dang good movie. I and like it. Yeah. yeah, it's like the peak of his visual powers. I would like to see him do more yeah. animated family films or animated DC films. I'd be totally cool with that, obviously, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but let's, yeah. I guess, let's start winding down then. Sure. Uh, anyone who want to want to mention last favorite things or things that maybe did not work out as well as we hoped. Like, I think, are we all on board with the Martian Manhunter just not needing to be here then? Um, I was, it was cool to see him. I wouldn't take him out of the movie. I'll say I, that. Think, I, I think if I was going to put him anywhere, I think I would have just left him for the end of the movie. I yeah. Put him yeah. In the, the Mar- like, you could have just kept Martha Kent 
and then you know made it that it was Martha Kent who left. Yeah. And you know, even if you want to later on in like a different movie say, hey, yeah, that was I was actually Martian Manhunter. Um, but I think that just seeing him kind of made me stumble throughout the movie, like while I was watching, because I was like, oh, cool, Martian Manhunter's there. And then nothing happens with him. Like yeah. it's, not, it's like you introduce a character and then like you do nothing with him. And you know, the rest of the movie just kind of goes on. Whereas if he would have just been kind of like this like cool little like thing at the end, uh, I think that would have been really cool. I do see where their fear was because then it would have kind of looked like the Nick Fury thing for mm-hmm. uh, from the Marvel movies, where you know, if the if General Stan would have just like shown up to Bruce Wayne's house, turned into Martian Manhunter. And then been like, I want to talk to you about the Justice League. Then, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that uh, immediately you would have been like, oh, they're just copying. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys? Did you guys hear though? Because I guess they they filmed like a scene of that. They, there was like a version of like that scene, I guess, in the original shoot, but with like John Stewart's Green Lantern, which yeah. would have been interesting. But that would have, like, like, if that had been in the in theaters, like the crowd would have just like erupted. That was yeah. yeah. Honestly, that, I, I think that would have been really cool at the very end of this if they would have instead yeah. had John Stewart. Right, because actually, like, a lot of people know of John Stewart, like, like kids growing up through uh, the animated cartoons, like, more yeah. than Hal Jordan, too. Yeah, I mean, remember, there was, like, claims of whitewashing when the Green Lantern movie came out, like, legitimate claims because yeah. people just don't know, and, like, why, why would yeah. they not have that, you know, after yeah. the Justice League animated series? I, I would have been cool with uh, Green Lantern. I, the one thing I do like about the Martian Manhunter bit at the end I think it's fine, but I, I would right. take it out. But like, sure. it is funny, you know, BVS beginning, aliens exist. I'm going to kill them all. And then now he's like, you end his tenor as Batman, probably with an alien showing up and be like, I'm here to help whenever you need it. And he's like, need the help. All right. I'm, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> I'm going so go cool, to go back to bed. He's tired. He, he uh, you know, he, he fought off like an invasion. He, he's going to sleep for days. But, uh, you know, but honestly, I think it would have been kind of interesting if, a Green Lantern would have shown up, and then well, they did. A Green Kilowog. Lantern, yeah, Kilowog and the ancient Green Lantern, whatever the his name ancient is. Ancient Green Lantern and Kilowog were both there, which is cool. Yeah. But I think both that dead. It, both yeah, dead. Yeah, they he had it out dead. for the Green Lanterns. Yeah, but I think if like you would have <laughs> seen John Stewart and then just said, "With the Mother Boxes gone, the Green Lantern Corps can come back to Earth." Yeah, did, or anything did, like that. Yeah. Did you? I uh, did you guys also see like? It was just a thought. It was never like he was like, "All right, I'm going to do this." But like, he did consider having the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern in the flashback. He wasn't going to be Hal Jordan. Yeah, interesting thing right there. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been wild. I, I wouldn't die? have been against that, honestly. Yeah. Wait to also die? Is that? Is that... Uh, yeah, like he would have had Ryan Reynolds as that like Green Lantern that gets killed by Dark Side. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and I think Ryan Reynolds would be down for that because, like, I would he, he kill barely, him again. He he barely, kill him he again. Ba- yeah, he barely watched uh, Green Lantern the other day all the way through, and he's oh like, yeah, there's to- a there's a fun Twitter thread on that, so go check yeah. out Ryan Reynolds' Twitter if you're curious he's about like his thoughts on his movie. <laughs> <laughs> he he didn't hate it, right? He didn't yeah, hate it. No, no, like, whatever. Um, um, yeah. But the one thing I really loved in this movie is actually the ending where the heroes lose. Like it shows that the heroes can lose, and the only reason why they were saved was because of Barry Allen. Yeah, and that was, and that's kind of like the coolest Speed Force thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a great sequence. Nuke kind of going off, and then him having to vibrate as fast as possible, and then rebuild 
the world around him as he runs. Yeah, that was awesome. pretty cool. That yeah, that, that really, was, that that was really awesome. like won me over on on the Flash because I'll admit, like during the first half of Justice League, I'm I'm still I was still kind of on the fence about Ezra Miller's Flash. Um, yeah. There's just like some like odd picks and stuff that like you know, someone online uh, compared it to like a bit of like Seth Brundle uh, as. The- <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I uh, I didn't dislike it, but I was just like, uh, I don't know. But that that scene at the end and that monologue that he gives, yeah, I, I I just love the I love the scene where it's like right before he does that, like he gets like he gets like hit on his side and he's like bleeding severely, and like you just feel for him and feel for him in that scene, like you're really like worrying for him before he does the thing. Well, yeah. not only that, yeah. but also you can really you can feel how much he knows he he messed up because mm-hmm. he starts crying as he's like injured but he's not crying over the wound he's crying saying i need to go faster like i need to get that speed back up because we're about to fail and then that's when you hear cyborg go it's too late and you really kind of feel for him of going like oh man like you messed up like yeah like it it, like things went the wrong way for him yeah which is a way scene yeah, better than the car. Russian car. Russian <laughs> car, yeah, yeah. And then Superman uh, picking up a house and moving it. Yeah, uh, picking up a building. <laughs> he picks up a whole hospital building. Yeah. I, uh, I also, I love that. I love that superheroes cry in this movie. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that, like, sort of like mm-hmm. cyborg cry. We see, you know, Flash cry. I think that, that those are really, you know, touching moments. Yeah. I think that's my favorite thing about this movie. It's less about, like, individual sequences, although they're, like, triple hitter of like Superman coming back and then the Flash coming to save the day and then Cyborg having his big moment and them all standing defiantly against space fascism. Uh, it's a film ultimately about like people who who don't really feel like they have anything to offer except their power. There's like, it, this is a film that constantly is telling these, each character from Martha Kent to Lois Lane to fucking Batman that like, no, your life has like meaning. Like you don't just have to like do a heroic sacrifice, which is honestly kind of why I'm a little on the fence about Cyborg's that sacrifice because it kind of goes against the movie. But whatever, I'm, it does not a deal breaker. But I love that that message because so often in these like big stories, it's like we have to sacrifice yourself heroically. That's what a hero is. That's what a hero does to save the day and to save other people. And it's like, yeah, but you also have to save yourself. You know, yeah. <laughs> living is very hard uh take care of yourself talk about it yeah like bruce wayne is very clearly had a very difficult life in all of his iterations you know and we finally get a batman story outside of dark knight rises on film where it's like no you have to live you you don't just have to be batman all the time you don't just have to do this the whole time you you can live your life on your own terms and so that's what the flash's moment is that's what cyborg is obviously like uh uh, superman has to learn to live again you know literally just being superman literally yeah. Wonder Woman. Uh, I will say I like her ending a lot because it's a little ambiguous. Like, do I deserve to go home after being gone for so long? Do I stay in the world of man? Has that caused me to not like it? I like that ambiguity a lot. And Aquaman, right. of course, goes on to have the greatest film ever made with yeah. James Wan Aquaman film. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I was just going to say for my my favorite moment. Um, yeah. Just anything dark side. Like, I love seeing dark side on screen. Um, I, I like the guy that voiced uh, was it Ray Porter. Uh, I do kind of wish in my like fan casting, Michael Ironside came back as Darkseid. That would have been, really been cool. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. But 
anything with the fourth world was awesome and i love like all the batman stuff like i was kind of on the fence of ben affleck as batman but like in this uh movie like they made him like more empathetic and like it's like the batman i want to see and then also too like um it's probably the best uh like like snyder used batman in, in like a team because like in the doomsday fight he doesn't really do anything he just kind of hides and like making him uh yeah he just like dips out but making him like in the comics how he's he's the the he's the leader he that's his role in the team like even though he doesn't have powers he tells everyone like what to do and that was cool to see that and like just like seem like he contributes and like he's using the the batmobile and like the the fox and all that that was awesome like that was uh just just seeing like that version like a very comic book version of batman was uh my favorite thing since i'm a big batman fan obviously so Absolutely. yeah me too and I, I love seeing um more jk simmons uh oh yeah i'm, I'm a big jk simmons fan so anything he does and i love but we also got uh crispus allen which i thought was yeah really, uh that was like a really nice gotham central nod um so yeah that was i, I loved all the batman stuff too uh fourth world stuff uh i love aquaman um i thought it was i thought it was interesting you know some of the differences between uh snyder's take on atlantis and james wan's take but i thought that they both worked really well you know even though they don't they don't match up exactly i thought they were both really cool uh iterations um and, and i mean aquaman is a character that i had been like waiting to see on screen for years and like to be taken seriously i always like used to be like super annoyed as a kid when everybody was like joke about aquaman because i'm like no like this guy is super cool like read the the peter david comics <laughs> but yeah i just i i love the way that he used aquaman and, and mara um and you know even going back to that excalibur thing like i think you see some of that in in arthur's beginning stages of his journey here uh as well you know uh the, the king who is reluctant to to take the crown to pick up the the sword or the trident so to speak so i thought that was that was really cool too yeah yeah, I, I you know what I feel like I didn't talk enough about Aquaman, but I I love Aquaman. I what love Jason Momoa and yeah. his movie. I would still say out of the DC like Snyder connected films, like it's it's a uh, Birds of Prey and Aquaman that are like my top two, and then BVS and Justice League under that. Uh, yeah. But like I, I, they've been on a good roll lately. I, I am not Shazam. as happy. That's a no yeah. on Shazam for you. you oh, like I love Shazam. I love Shazam. Yeah, I love yeah. Shazam. Shazam's it's great. just not my favorite. That's all. Yeah. What's that? Uh, what was that one interview on the radio where Zack Snyder called in? He's like, "Hey, leave Aquaman alone." <laughs> yeah, he was like, Aquaman. "Pick on someone your own side." <laughs> <laughs> like, want to pick on him? Pick on me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like I like Zack Snyder. He seems like yeah. a very humble, open yeah. dude, and yeah. everyone I, I who works with him talks very highly about him. Yeah, and that's and, not a mistake. Yeah. You know? And I appreciate uh, when he what he did on the the telethon or the the streaming to disavow like uh, certain groups of like hate as well yeah, yeah, yeah. respect for respect sure uh, but I, I guess let, let's wrap up here otherwise we'll be here as long as our own snyder cut uh, <laughs> yeah yeah thank Ooh. you all for 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 teaming up and and being our justice league for today richard thank you so much it's always great to talk to you man it's great to see that you're doing well and everyone please check out uh we make monsters here link down below in the youtube and soundcloud descriptions and i believe you can access descriptions on itunes and spotify but I don't think anyone actually does that on those. So don't worry about that. But yes, thank you so much, man. Where can the people find you online? Uh, yeah, thank, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, Richard L. Newby. I'm always happy to, to chat movies, comics, games. Uh, yeah, I'm, 
I'm pretty approachable, so give me a follow. <laughs> yeah, no, I would. I completely endorse that statement because <laughs> sometimes people are not that nice online, and you're very open, humble, and and just like completely open a conversation about stuff. I mean, you know, we've Thank we've you. had our DC discussions for so long, and it's like we don't always agree, but it's like you know, we also treat each other like human beings, which is yeah. how you should do it. Yeah, so, sure. Thank you again. <laughs> uh, Nick, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, where can we find you online? Well, you can always find me on the Waffle Press. Not only that, but also you can, uh, I just did a, a stint with our friends over at Keeping Up With The Nerds with our friends, uh, Renee and Brian, uh, what was it? They're uh, out of our old spot under City Comics. Yeah. Uh, what was it? They're, they're a small up and coming podcast about, you know, the nerdy stuff that we all love. Uh, I just did a thing with them and uh, it should come out pretty soon. So that's going to be pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. We'll and and of course, really quick, before we go to Gene, you can find uh, Nick and Gene at Serving Up Comics here on the Lawful Press. Of course, links down below and in the playlist on YouTube and SoundCloud. Yeah. And Gene, yes. you know what to do. Yeah, I know. Of course, thanks for uh, plugging the show. Because yeah, we've been uh, plugging away at that 15 episodes so far. So check it out. We just did WandaVision. And uh, yeah, you could find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. And of course, you can find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon, where you can get early access to stuff like a King Kong retrospective for the Peter Jackson leading into Godzilla versus Kong. Um, oh, by the way, uh, Richard and Nick, Godzilla or Kong? Oh. Godzilla. Godzilla. Kong. That's right. Kong, King okay. Kong get out of okay. here. Get no, no. <laughs> I get it. No, no, sorry. He's just wrong. <laughs> just wrong. <laughs> you like know that. Kong is going to just mess up Godzilla. Because well, he has like gonna... opposable thumbs. It's because he has opposable thumbs and an axe. He has a damn axe. He, doesn't have a he comic stole axe. his axe from Godzilla's body. <laughs> and that's why it's amazing. Who, how insulting is it that you use a, an axe made from your opponent's body to kill them with it? That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional.